I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spreaker, RNI, Heart Radio. We thank Agent Henry, the Glory Hole Singer, for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevenson. I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Ooh, Bo is here we go, buddy. We have come to the end of the road. The last hurrah, the final podcast headed into the long, dark winter, spring, and summer without us. Just kidding. We <laughs> are a 365-day adventure around here with FGH and the Rebel Lucian Network at large. Uh, we will, of course, have a bunch of April fun with the draft and documenting our road trip to Kansas City. That's going to be uh, probably some fun drunken shenanigans over there. Will B. John Robinson go higher than projected? I don't know. Will Longhorn go higher on his weight limit for a lady of the night? I don't know. These are things, these are just things you gotta, these are all playable actions, people. So you gotta listen to, to uh, get in on that. Um, all summer podcasts, uh, or the, the summer podcast with season totals, college football previews, NFL previews, and much, much more. So do not go anywhere. All the good times are just getting rolling over there at the Revolution Network this time of year. Um, so, um, whether you're here, whether you're coming here for the funny and the money on FGH, or you're going to the revolution network for all the jokes with none of the wokes, we are your podcast network home and partners for life. You guessed it, Bo Cephas in a mostly non-sexual way. <laughs> now, whether you are here for the funny, it's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we'll need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling zippity doo out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. You're a stupid son of a bitch. All right, a simple no would have been fine, but I'll do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up with those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way y'all know the drill by now we will make you laugh (laughs) we will make you cringe holy santa claus shit but most of all baby we will make you a shit ton of money Woo! 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 ow love that money now with all that business out of the way 
Welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the bear heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of this show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, hell choice of the week. Well, thank you very much, sir. Tonight I am drinking a You've Been Cervaced by Legal Draft Brewing Company in Arlington, Texas, home of your Dallas Cowboys. Sounds awful. And much like the Cowboys, I found this beer very disappointing. You're right. It was awful. <laughs> One star out of five. Whoa. Really terrible, actually. Uh, but I'm drinking it tonight, Longhorn, because did you know that on this day, in 1936, the NFL held their first ever professional draft at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. in that draft, the first ever draft pick was none other than the legendary Jay Burwanger. Sorry? Of course. Yeah, Mr. Burwanger was a running back. Just came off of a campaign at the University of Chicago where he was awarded the very first Heisman Trophy ever. I mean, the Wanger was killing it. Mm-mm. He was drafted number one overall by the Eagles, but then his rights were traded away to the Chicago Bears for tackle Art Buss, who only started 34 games for the Eagles, but those dirty birds still got the better end of the deal because old Wanger never played a snap in the NFL. His oh, contract demand from Papa Bear Hallis was a two-year, $25,000 guaranteed contract with a no-cut clause, and Papa Bear said, yeah, no, thank you. So Jay went on to have a very successful career as a foam rubber salesman. But he was also an assistant coach for his alma mater, and he was a naval officer in World War II and Longhorn. As we all know, there is nothing the Navy appreciates more than a stand-up wanger. Mm -hmm. And this wanger was one of the best to ever do it, baby. Yeah, he's a he sounds like a real stand-up guy. I mean, like, do you think his friends? Like said, hey, do you want to hang her out with your wanger out? When they, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. All right, boys and girls, see the podcast. We got the good, the bad, and the art. You fucking kidding me? Well, there's only one game to go over in the NFL in the air tonight. We're gonna go over it, and we're gonna have free pick Palooza, baby. Some fucking sides, totals, and some fucking uh, props there, kid. To get you paid as we always do, but right now we to get paid, and to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Divorces Done Right. We all know how divorce works in this country. The woman gets everything that she wants, and the dude gets taken to the fucking cleaners. It happens every goddamn time, and we, as a society, have just grown to accept it like it's fucking scripture. What the fuck are we doing, fellas? It's time for us to wake the fuck up and beat these bitches! So if you got some gold-digging whore trying to suck you dry and take your goddamn kids, even though she spends half her day drunk on wine and hopped up on fucking opioids, you need to call our friends at Divorces Done Right. The attorneys at Divorces Done Right have all themselves been victims of their own whore-ass ex-wives, and they've bonded together to make sure that not one other man in this country gets dicked around by this fucking shitty legal system that's been set up to do nothing but support those goddamn succubuses. Divorces Done Right! Finally! Holy shit, Longhorn, that divorce is done right. That is a hell of a service. Longhorn, I know you're a big fan. I think you've had uh, right about a baker's dozen there on uh, divorces at this point. So yeah. uh-huh. you are a platinum 
fucking member of that service. So I know you appreciate those guys for sure. Yeah, I got that promo code on speed dial, but I'm really surprised <laughs> that it's not. I mean, it's been a baker's dozen for several years now. I'm surprised you haven't juiced up that fake story to, uh, you know, in, in the upper teens at least. Um, but, you know, people say that all these divorces are come from um, too much wanger hanger out uh, in the wrong <laughs> in the wrong places. I don't know. I'm, I must be doing something wrong. I can't figure it out. Well, there's always the off season to grow that number, baby. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you? fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me god damn it are you fucking with me oh boys and girls as always start with the good and the good was us on philly longhorn gave philly Minus the points, I gave Philly team total over. Told you the stat that Philly had that San Francisco gave up over 30 points a game to. Nailed that shit. Uh, The first half over, hit that. Missed on the total game over because San Francisco could not keep a quarterback upright. But, you know, three out of four, not too shabby. Yeah, that wasn't even a real football game. I, I forgot all about it already. Well... We move on to the bad. Hard to forget about that. Cincy, I didn't hit any of them uh, on that one. We were one score away from sweeping the board, but shit happens, and it is the fucking NFL. It it giveth and taketh away, for sure. And now we move on to the are you fucking kidding And for that, I gotta give it to one of our favorites, especially on this podcast, because he just wins so much goddamn money for us. Uh, Joe Burrow, what the fuck was that interception? (laughs) <laughs> on second down, when you had the ball with over 10 minutes left and a chance to take the... You just completed the third and 14. We thought you were fucked in. And then you moved the ball to midfield and you just throw a ball up on second down? The one guy who usually makes all the right decisions in crunch time. And he turned into Aaron Rodgers or something and completely just fucked it off. Yeah, I was a... He was. They were just in a struggle to score in that game. I mean, it was. It was. He wasn't. Obviously, you could tell he was under massive pressure all night. He would never felt comfortable. Uh, just it, it took some of the magic that he has just to even get it kind of close to what it was. But yeah, it was a uh, look, man. Even Tom Brady has looked terrible when when under massive pressure. So they are mortal and. Um, and he's no different, but I look forward to him being back to that Burrow magic next year and uh, cashing some tickets for us. Yeah, I was just disappointed because at, at that point, it was a tie game. It was a tie game. It was second yeah, you, down. You're at midfield. It, you felt it was going to happen because it was going to happen. It was going to fucking happen. They were going to go score the touchdown, take the lead, hit their team total over for us, fucking hit the game. I mean, I think, every, everything was happening right there in front 10, of us. Wasn't it 10 straight covers in a row? I mean, like, it, it just... It can't. That, that streak was going to snap at some point. I mean, it just had to. Ah!
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's time! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Stay what? what do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those winds coming in the air tonight, baby! Boys and girls, it is time for the Super Bowl, baby. We have made it all the way to yet another fucking Super Bowl. And we've got those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Right now, consensus, one and a half point favorites over the Kansas City Chiefs. Longhorn, what you got on the Super Bowl? Yeah, obviously, same, same thing I said last week. This is... You know, it actually, it's even more applicable this week because this is a two-week gap in between games. This this game's been talked about from fucking for two weeks. Everybody knows the ins and outs, and the value basically has been you know bet up and down and landed into this spot that it's been for oh probably a good over a little bit over a week probably that it's been sitting at this number. Um, so you know, I don't really have. Uh, you know, a huge lean either way. Let's, uh, as far as the game goes, I do have a lean to Philly, and I do have a lean to the under, with caveats on both, um, and I'll get into those uh, in a minute. Um, but I will just say, I do. I touched on it last week, and you know, it's even more in the Super Bowl. I think it's really interesting that in this game, we have kind of the two different ways you can build a team going up against each other. You've got the build the roster, uh, draft, 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 and then have the rookie quarterback on the rookie contract team going against the, we got the badass dude that we that we gave the bag to, and we're going to suffer on the roster a little bit here and there and just hope that that dude can pull us to the Super Bowl. And that's exactly what happened here um, in, in both of these scenarios. So, um, you know, basically two two very... Much like last year. I mean, it, I don't say they gave the bag to Matthew. I mean, they gave him a big big. What contract. was it last year? It was the Cincy and rookie, you know, rookie yeah, contract. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the Rams that, you know, they said, fuck them picks. Uh, and they just had all their guys yeah, and they paid a yeah. bunch of people and they, they spent all the money. So... So that so look, I mean, like so. So if anybody tells you there's only one way to do it, there's obviously that's obviously not. Like I mean, now when you that's that's funny because like the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they're they went that route, they still had to nail some some draft picks and some really savvy free agent pickups. And the same thing with the Rams, uh, they really had to nail the very. They did. They did have to draft Aaron Donald. They did have to do that. Well, no, I'm talking about just after like even even along the way, like just picking up. Just third and fourth rounders like Ernest Jones. I remember him, a linebacker that started um, late in that rookie season and, and had some flashes. He was like a third or fourth round linebacker from South Carolina. Made some huge flash plays for them. You have to have those little diamonds in the rough that you're picking up, even if you go the route of 
um, giving the bag and saying fuck those picks and all that shit. So I just think that's interesting. That's two years in a row now that you said that that we've had this matchup of two different ways to build teams. Um, again, if this was a regular season game, I probably wouldn't play this at all. I would probably just do the teaser with Kansas City up to seven and a half. Um, but like I said, leaning Philly at the current line and leaning under, and the caveats are clearly Mahomes. Like, you can just get Mahomes. I mean, we could just get, or I, I don't know what you're picking. Yeah, no doubt. no doubt. I could just get Mahomes in this game. For, and, and if that happens, then my under pick is fucked too. So, like, basically, in, in the game theory, the trenches, the roster edge to Philly, everything points to Philly in a slow, grind it out, get the lead, and grind it out, keep Mahomes off the field type of game. However, if it goes fucking squirrely, and he starts doing his shit out there, then it's gonna get it's gonna get a little wild, and we've seen that happen in Super Bowls all the time. Um, now I know the Super Bowls are on a 0 and four run or four and zero run to the under, um, but you know that's that has nothing to do with this game. Um, so basically, long story short, I don't have any strong leans on the game specifically side in total, but I do lean to Philly and I do lean to the under with the caveat that the coaching and quarterback edge are both huge in favor of Kansas City so they could get those could get torpedoed very very easily so uh, what do you got over there yeah uh, I lean with you to the under uh, so quick note on that since 2015 uh, sorry since 2012 when the total is over 50 which is total consensus is between 50 and a half and 51 it's one and three to the under when the totals under 50 since 2012 it's four and two to the over so 50 is clearly the line of demarcation since 2012 whether it goes over or under so i'm definitely leaning with you with the under on that for sure uh get into some of it i'll get into the mahomes and andy reed thing in a second so since 2012 favorites are four and six ats and five and five straight up with an average line of minus three however Favorites of two and a half or less since 2011, which this would qualify. Four and one ATS and straight up. And the teaser, I'll just go ahead and tell you, is no good in that it's only one and four to tease the dog up in these Super Bowls since 2012 when the spread is this low. Well, hold on. Who would they tease it up with if it isn't a, a carryover from the week before? Well, I'm just I'm just saying it's from a from a cover rate, one and four. I'm not. I'm not saying it's actually hit. It's just that's the trend line on. Oh, you're you saying if you move, okay, yeah, because there's more blowouts. I got you. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> the average total on those games was 49.8 when it's uh, the home, uh, when the favorites two and a half or less. The average total is 49.8. So right about where you're at. If you tease that up and bet the under, it's four and one. So. Alright. That's. I, I don't know. I don't like teasing from one and a half to whatever dog you get them to or whatever. But no, I wouldn't do that. But the number said, you know, you'll basically you'll go fucking. Uh, that would be eight and two if you did that since 2012. But whatever. Now there's a few things that are disturbing to me in this game that you know I keep hearing the narrative and all these fucking narratives, like you said, it's been talked about, talked about, talked about. You know, the Mahomes factor and blah, blah, blah. But I heard something from some people that, 
and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name them because we don't fucking advertise other people's podcasts on our podcast, but they're some of the sharpest people I know. And they said that Kansas City's been, you know, the best team in the NFL by the power rankings, blah blah blah. Well, not fucking by ours. And I know our power rankings don't do what other because other people basically try to get their power rankings to say what Vegas says. We kind of go the opposite way. We want to say, hey, who's supposed to be fucking winning? And our power rankings have had Philly the better team since week three. And right now, or to end the season, they were one point better than Kansas City in our power rankings. It's right on the number. So from a numbers perspective, there is no value in this line at all. Now, Kansas City is the worst turnover margin team to make the Super Bowl since 2012. And the worst to win it in that situation was Denver in 2015. They have one of the worst defensive DSRs. They have one of the worst Pythagorean Theorem percentage variances. They have uh, a losing ATS record. They're only the second team since 2015 to make the Super Bowl with a losing ATS record. Shaka! The other one was Kansas City also against Tampa Bay. They got blown the fuck out in that game. Now, as far as getting Mahomes, that is always, (laughs) always possible. Always possible. However, and I'm going to go over this in more depth. I'm going to put out an I mean it tomorrow on this, and it's going to be more depth with more stats compared to more players. But if you just look at Mahomes and his two Super Bowls, he's been fucking bad. He's been really fucking bad. Mahomes' career completion percentage is 66.3%. Let me preface it with this. Everybody knows Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet. That's arguing that is like arguing Brady's not the GOAT. If you do that, people are going to look at you and wonder who took your helmet and then go try to find your handlers and make sure that you're okay. There's no argument. Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet. But his career completion percentage, 66.3%. In the Super Bowl, 57%. His career yards per attempt, 8.1. In the Super Bowl, 6.2. 6.2. Now, boys and girls, the league average in the year of our Lord, 2022, <laughs> is around 7 to 7.1. So he's a yard. he goes from a yard above league average, because he's fucking awesome, better than everybody, to a yard below in the Super Bowl. Mahomes' <laughs> career QBR is 76. Fucking amazing. In the Super Bowl, it's 53. Hmm. Weird. In the Super Bowl, he's thrown... Two touchdowns to four picks. His career touchdown to pick ratio, Longhorn, is almost five to one. And in the Super Bowl, his average rating is 64.2. His career rating is 105.7. He is literally, by every metric, about half the quarterback that he normally is in the Super Bowl. And keep in mind, he got lucky and won the first one, and he got very lucky to do it. He played like shit for three and a half quarters. And he played like ass for four quarters against Tampa Bay. So, he I mean, he is Patrick Mahomes. And he's fucking, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. You're, but, you, you would expect a drop because you're playing the best team on the Oh, other. I'm glad you brought that. I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought it up. Because in the I mean it, I don't want to get too deep into it. I, I said, you know what? I said the exact same thing. I was like, well, you would expect a drop. You're playing the best team. You're not playing fucking... Shitty ass whoever in week 14, blah, blah, blah. But I also said he is the best quarterback of his generation. 
So if we look at the best quarterbacks of their generation, so the last generation, obviously, Brady, well, obviously, Brady and Peyton, and I look through, and Peyton, very much like Mahomes, won his first Super Bowl. Guess what? He lost his next two. His numbers drop in every Super Bowl. Brady's get better in every Super Bowl. From his, from his, uh, actually, in Brady, so for Brady, I only did the first three. To make it fair, because the career <clears throat> art for Mahomes and Brady are almost the exact same lot. Brady mm-hmm. went to three Super Bowls in his first four years of starting, so same, same. And Brady wasn't the quarterback then that he that he finished at, obviously. But his numbers in the Super Bowl were better than his numbers during those seasons. I mean, by a wide margin in all those stats that I just gave you. I'm not going to say them now because I'm going to say it on the other podcast. But Brady got better. And Brady won all the Super Bowls. Manning got worse and went 1-2 and two in his first three Super Bowls. So I'm just saying... There's a correlation there. There's a big correlation Didn't there. Manning win his last Super Bowl? I didn't do the fourth one because Mahomes oh, hasn't okay. been to four yet. Okay, so I just okay. I made it gotcha. even three for three. Gotcha, gotcha. I just made it. And I'm going to throw a wild <clears throat> card in there. A wild card. I'm going to throw a wild card in there. I'm going to do the other podcast. A quarterback that is nowhere near those people's class. And he only went to two Super Bowls. But his numbers were better in both Super Bowls than uh, they were during the regular season. You can probably figure it out, but whatever. Uh, I'm, I'll tell you all about it in the I Mean It podcast. It's now, Tony in, Romo. Exactly. Yeah, I knew it. Now, inside of just the game itself, um, Philly's better in DVOA and turnover margin. They are worse in points per drive. If you look at our Super Bowl chart that we've been charting uh, throughout of all, all of our power, power ranking history, the teams that are better in DVOA and turnover margin only are 3-0 ATS. The people that are better at points per drive, which is Kansas City, 0-3 ATS. Now, if you look through all the all situations, uh, the better defensive D- DSR, and this is all since 2015, 5-2 ATS. Uh, Philly has is 13th rank and Kansas City's 24th, so that's Philly. Now, if you look at better DVOA, it's 4-3, four, four better turnover margin, 4-3. Whatever, that could be all coin flips, it's fine. But the better points per drive in all situations through 2015, which that's what Kansas City has, the one thing they have over at Philly, 1-6 and six ATS since 2015. So none of that looks good for uh, Kansas City. And then inside of that, Longhart did some digging. I've heard a lot of talk about strength of schedule. Oh, Philly hasn't played anybody. Philly hasn't played it. Philly hasn't played anybody. It's very, very true. Their strength of schedule is 32nd. Easiest schedule. Easiest schedule in the NFL. However, Kansas City's 29th. They haven't fucking played anybody either. And when they did, they got beat. They got beat by Buffalo. Now, they did beat a very good San Francisco team. And they split against a good team in Cincinnati. One and one. So, they really haven't really beat anybody either. They haven't played anybody either. But it got me thinking, okay, strength of schedule, Super Bowl, like how much does that matter? And I was going through our charts, and nobody since 2015, not one winner, not one, has been in the top 10 strength of schedule. I'm like, okay, maybe that's a new thing. Let me let me think about the let me think about the most dominant teams. You know, the fucking teams we remember from our, our childhood. Like, they had to, like, they just kicked the shit out of everybody. They had to have great strength of schedule. So I went over, I was like, the 85 Bears, of course. 
23rd strength schedule. 89 49ers, 21st. The 1991 Washington Redskins, who NFL.com voted as the very best single season team of all time. 17th strength of schedule. Those dominant Cowboy teams, 92-93, 12th and 23rd. That dominant-ass fucking 94 uh, 49ers team that ran rough shot over the league. 24th. 2007 New England Patriots, 18 and goddamn 1. 16th. So I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. I went all the way back. Our data goes back to 81 on that. I went all the way back to 1981 and looked it up. There have been four teams, Longhorn, four teams since 81 that had a top 10 strength of schedule and won the Super Bowl. They were the 86 Giants, 2004 Patriots, both coached by Bill Belichick, whatever, the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers, and the one that shocked me, Shaka, was the 2011 New York Football Giants. But four teams since 1981. So, thank you for from that. If we could put our heads together and correctly project people that are going to have a, you know, below average strength of schedule, we can really narrow down, and we expect to be good teams, obviously. We can really narrow down who can actually make it and win the Super Bowl. Because here's the thing, boys and girls, it's the fucking NFL. It's fucking difficult. You can't go through the most difficult competition and win the fucking Super Bowl. It's too goddamn hard. You need an easy fucking schedule. And I dug... Go ahead. So a question on that is that these are... When you pull from the database, these are strength of schedules from end of season... From from all these are all from regular season, yes. Sir. Right, but the end of the regular the season. The end of the regular season, yes. Okay, sir. so the challenge on that is going to be obviously is to find. It's I to pro- yes yeah, to project yeah, out it's like a like, projection. So you know. when when we project out all the teams, and we know all their schedules, like okay, let's go down our projections. What is the average? Who's going to have the shitty like easiest schedule and is going to be a good team? Now, that's very far from an exact science, obviously, but. It's not like we have to be exact. It's just no, we can, we just we can, gotta, we we cannot figure out pick this. anybody that's going to have a top ten schedule. And basically. then we need, and then we also need to somehow. And this is usually shit we do off the air, but it's it's cool to do it on there because this is how we like get to where we get, need to go. We also need to figure out and tweak exactly how we're predicting the strength of schedule and and find out how good we are at. Um, and from where, from the rankings that they that they are preseason to where they end up, we need to play with that and see like how how accurate we can be on predicting. That way, we we can um, we know because like if it if if it's like almost all the teams land roughly right near, and it, like basically how many teams are like way off from preseason projections, strength of schedule. To, to what they end up at. Usually and, usually about 10 so far. Since since we've been doing this data and I've been tracking it, usually about 10 teams, so a third of the league in our power rankings, end up either way worse. I mean, a lot of them are, Anytime they end up way worse, it's almost always injury. So yeah. you can't predict that. Right. Way better, you know, you got, you got like a Bengals situation. I mean, you, you do have teams that just fucking kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, but what Jaguars was our strength? Of, what was our strength of schedule that year, though? You know, like uh, this year. <clears throat> damn it! I don't. I mean, I don't. I, we don't. We don't do that now. I'm just. It wasn't. Curious. It wasn't top ten. It wasn't top ten. I'll tell you that. So they, they had an easy schedule. 
Um, which a lot a lot of that is kind of predictive. I mean, you got to start obviously start with the division and build out from there because that's fucking six games. So that's more. So you're basically saying if you have a top ten schedule, you don't make the deep postseason run to win the Super Bowl. Right. Only or go to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl. No, even get there. Even get there. Okay. So four teams since '81 <clears throat> have they they all got there and they won it. So. If you get there and you had a top ten schedule, you just fucking just crush them. Just did pound. you happen? I mean, did you happen to have what were the two preseason strength of schedule rankings on these two teams? I do not have that. All right, uh, well, I, up. like I said, we do this off air usually, but I don't want to get too deep into it now. But that that's gonna be. I mean, I expect it to be kind of a multi year project for us to really get that accurate at it. I mean, we've been building and building and building this database, so. It's just something else to think about as we go through and look at for next year's projections, which I am happy to say, uh, Longhorn, you and I, separately, and we did not get together on this, we both bet the Philadelphia Eagles on, (laughs) I think it was February 18th of 2022, so last year, to win the Super Bowl. We both bet them the same day, yet somehow you got a way fucking better number than I did. I got plus 3,600. I think you got plus 5,000. Plus, plus 50 to 1. But to be fair, I also am working on my own little Super Bowl prediction formula. Uh, so I I covered, because I, I actually we talked about it. I said I would get, I think I told you I would get almost every team at some point 20 to 1 or better. And I think I ended up with 26 teams. <laughs> now, it's not They're not always preseason. You're going to get about... You're probably going to get about 20 teams preseason at some point, like in February, March, April, May, June, July, that you can catch 20 to 1 or better on Super Bowl odds. And then the other ones, you got to like like a San Francisco, you know, like when they when they drop to Purdy, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, you're going to you're gonna catch stuff like that. So, you know, I, I think you can get a, a, a majority, 75, 80% of the teams at least 20 to 1. So, you know, yes, I got them 50 to 1. But also had twenty six teams, um, so that's going to cut into that uh, to that profit margin, obviously. Yeah, but I mean, still fifty. You're going to come out winning either way. If if obviously they win, yeah, well, go Philly, yeah, go, go Philly. Philly. Now, inside of all of that, I was looking at. Um, I just started doing some correlations, several different things, and I'm not going to tell everybody what it was because. I have found something that is going to be proprietary information for proprietary. FGH. Proprietary information for FGH and FGH alone, but I have found something that since 2015 is undefeated. Since 2010, it's only lost once. And I started digging back through, okay, well, let me see how it did against, like, the biggest underdogs in Super Bowl history. So I went back, and, of course, everybody's going to remember... Uh, let's see. Where's my oldest one? I got here. Uh, oh, 1997. Denver was a, I think, 11 or 12 point dog to Green Bay. This projected Denver to win, and they did. 2001. New England uh, versus the Rams. Uh, they projected New England to win. They did. <laughs> Another thing about strength of schedule too is like, speaking of 2001 teams, like you have to have a very low strength of schedule. To kind of come out out of nowhere or, like, to get here. Because, like, the 99 Rams, I think they went off for, like, five or 600, whatever. They went off to one to win the Super Bowl after fucking Trent Green went down. 
Mm-hmm. They win the Super Bowl. They had the 32nd, same as Philly, strength of schedule. 32nd. You have to have that to have a Cinderella story. The 2001 yeah. New England Patriots had the 29th best strength of schedule. Like, you have to have that to have, because that was a Cinderella story as well. Yeah. Uh, then going to, let's see, what's the next thing? Oh, 2007. The New York Football Giants versus the undefeated New England Patriots. This is actually the one I started with. I was like, well, if it could predict this, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, it did. It predicted the Giants were going to win, and they did. Yeah. 2015, or so that's two thousand. That is 2015. Okay, so yeah, so I went back through the biggest underdogs, basically of all time, or at least more towards the modern era, and I just ran the numbers and it fucking nailed every single one of them, and every single one of those teams, uh, except for the 2001 New England Patriots, for this metric the delta was double digits. Now, they didn't all win by double digits, but you got to remember they were all double-digit underdogs. So they had to make up that margin and then some. Now, since 2010, teams that are double-digit margins in this metric that I found have won by double digits in the Super Bowl every single time. They're 4-0. Philly, in this metric, is a double-digit margin. So, and I'll get into this a little bit more in the free picks, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all over Philly. I love Philly. I uh, made my biggest bet of the year on Philly, minus one and a half. Oh, uh, man. Now, again, I'm with you. We could get Mahomes. He could have a great, he could finally have a great game in the Super Bowl. He hasn't had one yet. Yeah. Absolutely. He's the best quarterback of the planet. It's always possible. But he doesn't play well in this moment. So you mentioned the coach, Andy Reid. He doesn't really coach well in these moments. He's I mean, cons- he gets conservative in he big gets, moments. He's conservative <clears throat> as a rule anyway. Yeah, it's true. And he lost uh, the Super Bowl in Philly to New England. He lost Tom Brady again. He's 1-2 and two in Super Bowls. And I hear all this bullshit about, oh, Andy Reid off a of bye. Like, okay, in the Super Bowl, he's 30-30%. I get that he's 24-5 and five or whatever the fuck. But in the Super Bowl, he's 1-2. and two. So when it yeah. really fucking matters in nut-cutting time, he's 1-2. and two. Yeah, and that's what when you were saying when you were you know spitting out all of my home Super Bowl numbers, it immediately made me think that this has you know not not to take all the heat off of Mahomes in the game, but it made me think that Reed has something to do like just just don't don't lose the Super Bowl and play it a little bit conservative and tight with the game plan. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what it made me think of. Yeah, and and again, it's not all on Mahomes either. I mean, the team basically. I mean, they're only great because of him, but even still, they're not that great. Like, this team is even worse than the team that lost, they got their asses beat by Tampa Bay. So they're walking in with even less of a dominant team than when they had that year. And I think they were, what, minus two, two and a half, whatever that Super Bowl went off at. And we were on yeah. Tampa Bay on that. Uh, on the field, they, sh- I mean, oh my God, they- this is a double digit, you know, just beat down on the field if everything plays out the way you know it just looks on paper anyways yeah the the only thing that i can <clears throat> see that fuck us is a mahomes just i mean he just win the game and we lose obviously if we bet philly minus one and a half and that could easily happen or you know jalen hurts shit in the bed in a big moment and obviously he's a young quarterback and that can happen but 
I mean, if you look at what Philly does on offense, they don't rely on him to make that many big throws. It's mostly, he mostly makes the biggest plays at the biggest time. And I've been saying this now for, I don't know, at least three months. He's just the best running quarterback that I've ever seen because it's not because he's so fast or he's so elusive or whatever. He just picks the best spots and he really knows when he's got to go get it and when he doesn't. And he kind of just gets down when he doesn't. And when he does need to go get it, like in that in that San Francisco game at a pivotal moment, he didn't step out of bounds. He didn't slide. He fucking made a cut back inside. He kept fucking running down the sideline. I'm all the way down to the two-yard line. I mean, the dude just does what it takes when it takes it. And he just has such an innate ability to find that lane. And, I mean, unless they just come out and get jumped, which they generally don't. That's the worst case scenario. That is definitely the worst case scenario. If they get behind early and get jumped, yeah, that's bad. But Mahomes will do – he will do a tech tard thing at some point, <laughs> just like you saw him do against Cincinnati. He yeah, fucking, he's got one in him. He literally raises his hand up to the ball, and the ball just fucking flies out of it. Like, I don't know. He, it's... And, I mean, he, like I said, fucking three touchdowns to four interceptions in the Super Bowl. He's thrown some really, really bad picks in the Super Bowl, both Super Bowls, actually. He threw two – or, yeah – he should he should have had two in the San Francisco Super Bowl. The other one, the guy fucking dropped, which that was one of the other reasons why they fucking got lucky and won that game. But either way, all in all, there's just there's no other way I can look at it except Philadelphia. So I'm on Philly. I do lean with you on the under, uh, which that definitely is correlated because if it goes Philly's way, that is the way that's going to go. All right, boys and girls, that was a Super Bowl breakdown, and uh, hopefully all those wins come to the air tonight, baby! All right, boys and girls, it's time for those free, I said free picks of the week! Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. All right, I got three little kind of prop bets here. Uh, I don't know, if, uh, yeah, just call them, just call them all part of the free picks, whatever. So, just three, three props that I like, probably the best of all of them. Number one, um, and I and I gave this out if you if you follow and listen to the uh, Revolution Network on my show, Football and Freedom Show, I gave this out on there. I'll give it out here again. Uh, Kelsey over. Uh, I think it's up. You might still catch a six and a half that I gave it out uh, yesterday. It's probably steamed up to seven and a half. I still like it. Uh, I think he's going to get double digit catches in this game, anyways. But uh, Philly runs seventy percent zone defense, and they are number two pressure rate in the league. Those two things correlate to Mahomes getting pressured quickly, getting rid of the ball, and uh, Kelsey is that find the middle of the zone magician type player and and also his best offensive weapon so you put those together and i think he easily goes over that either six and a half or seven and a half receptions for the game the second one is the penalties and this has been talked about uh throughout the week since the uh referees have been announced this is a heavy penalty throwing staff that they have and it's the penalties over 10 is what i got it at two days ago I'm not sure exactly what it's sitting at now, so check that. I can't imagine that would be something that'll move a whole lot. Um, but this this current 
referee crew averages 11 point something penalties a game. Um, so I, I like that. And it, and then you have the nerves of the Super Bowl. There's always some sort of like, you know, just, just people are nervous. They're going to make mistakes. So I like that to go over 10. And then the third and final one, I like with the game script, I just like Sanders to win MVP. Uh, it is a long shot. I know they're almost always going to give it to the quarterback, no matter what. I know you got a story there with, with Darnold and uh, Super Bowl's pass. But in this in this situation, if I'm right, it's a grind it out. Philly gets the lead. They lean on the running game. Uh, if Hurts does it, I mean, if Hurts just kind of has a eh game and they're just and they're pounding that rock, and Sanders gets you know, let's say two touchdowns and maybe a breakaway one at the end, that kind of like the exclamation point. I like it. He's going off at about 25 to 1. I think it's a decent long shot MVP pick to go along with the game theory that I have. So those are my three free pick prop pick type things. So uh, what do you got over there? I really like that. The Sanders is the best uh, long shot MVP uh, that I've heard simply because even if, you know, Hurst does well or whatever, he's not you know, nations, he's not the national darling. He's a new kid on the street. I mean, most people, you know, they don't even know who fucking Jalen Hurts is when you fucking watching this game. So the Riders won't feel any pressure to give it to him. Obviously, there's no reason to bet any other Kansas City Chief except Mahomes. He, If he farts on the field, he's going to get the fucking MVP if they win. Oh, yeah. So I I really like that a lot, actually. I think I'm going to fucking copycat you on that one and (laughs) take that myself. All right, All right. Uh, my bets here. Obviously, I like uh, Philly uh, minus one and a half. That's two unit play for me, which I've never had a two unit play in the Super Bowl before. I do feel that strongly about it, but I also put a unit on an alternative spread. One unit plus two forty. Philly minus nine and a half. I think Philly wins this game by double digits. So nice. I like that nice. bet. And then uh, a couple prop bets. I've got over one and a half combined fourth down conversions. Philly goes for fourth down more than any team in the league. They almost It's almost like they uh, play call for it to get to the fourth and one. They do the unstoppable fucking uh, quarterback sneak. I think Philly goes over that just by themselves. But you get both teams going for that. Obviously, if if the game goes the way I think it's going to go and Kansas City's down late, they're going to go for Attempts or conversions? Conversions. So they have to make it. They have to make two combined. Okay. Philly okay. A- Philly averages almost two a game by themselves through the whole season. So now that one is minus one seventy. So you got to you got to lay some vig on that one. But I feel good about that one. I'm not saying it's a full unit bet, but I do like. And none of these props are full. None. The rest of them I'm talking about are not full unit bets. Uh, hey, it's the Super Bowl. They can manage their bankroll however. They that's want. true. That's true. All right, one of my favorites every year, the Gatorade, baby. Oh, God. Lime, yellow, and green, plus 350. If the game goes the way I think, it's going to be Philly winning. And the last time Philly won, it was lime, yellow, and green. I am sticking with that. I generally go blue. I've been pretty successful with it, but I'm going yellow, green this year, plus 350. And then, of course, of course, every year, I bet tails, minus 101. So I think stupid. I think it's thirty and twenty six now, so uh, so stupid. It might be stupid, but it's a fifty fifty prop, and it's <laughs> at minus one hundred one. I mean, it's the best fucking bet on the board, baby. You can fucking kick your fucking nut off right, 
and uh, go ahead and get that tails and get the party started. 60% of the time, it's right every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website and everything we got going on at the Revolution Network. Oh, my God. You glory hole seekers, it has been another great year, and this has been another great Super Bowl podcast. We really thank all of you. We see the we see the download numbers. We see that it's climbing. We understand that we're a new overall um, way to get not only the, these football pods, but with the Revolution Network. We're new. We're, we're new kids on the block. We're new. We're, we're trying to make our way, and trust me, when you speak the way we do, it ain't easy uh, getting your foot through the door <laughs> and that's and that's if we were just doing everything the right way but you speak the way we do and we're we're just going to kick down that door and find our own way but um you know what that's that's just how we're going to do it so um if you don't mind subscribe share follow tell a friend do all that good stuff because we ain't going nowhere and like i said at the beginning if you join and you sign up you become partners for life in Bocephus, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people. Never pay a bookie again. Stephen Tyler, take us up, baby.